Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm excited for this interview today. I interviewed Erin Claire Jones, who is a leadership coach specializing in human design. Human design brings together ancient wisdom and modern science that sheds light on a person's energetic makeup based on information about the person's birth time, place, and date. Erin is very knowledgeable and has been specializing in human design way before it became widely accepted. She's so sweet and I really loved hearing about my blueprint from her. So in this episode, she actually like reveals to me my own human design and explains about my traits and what I can expect. And I'm honestly, and I told her this from the start, that I'm a huge skeptic on like personality tests and quizzes and types and um, the Enneagram and like, I don't know, I definitely have my reservations when it comes to like identifying a type of person that you are based on like a questionnaire where you're born or even like astrology, which don't hate me, don't come at me, but sometimes I just, I'm just a skeptic about it because I really like the freedom to decide and change and flow and I don't love you know, anything telling me who I am and what I should be. Whereas the human does, she had, Aaron explained to me that that's not what human design is about. So I really appreciate her for coming on the show and talking through it with me. And if you're interested in human design, this is a great episode to listen to, or just about um, getting to know yourself more with human design and like energy. Um, so I really enjoyed this episode a lot. So thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave me a rating and review if you found this podcast inspiring. All of her information is down below as well as mine. And yeah, enjoy the show. Okay, I'm super excited because we have Erin Claire here. She is a human design expert. And she was just telling me that she has my chart up, which is really interesting. So we'll talk about that. But before we go into that and my questions in general about human design, can you just share with me um, why you started doing this, how you got here and really what like sparked your interest in it all? Yeah, I don't think I ever could have imagined that I would be doing human design. It's a very (laughs) niche little world that I found myself in. Um, I was introduced to it very serendipitously in 2015. I come from a business and startup background and was basically sitting at a gathering and had a stranger sit next to me and tell me that he had to look at my human design. He did like a little mini reading for me and just blew my mind. I was just like, I've never heard a thing more resonant, but I've also, I also felt so confronted because I wasn't really living any of it. Um, and he kind of ended our conversation by be, by saying like, and I think you should do this. And I think we should do this together. And it was just like a really wild moment. And so I actually did end up going and studying with him and building a business with him for a couple of years. And 
I think what drew me to human design was just how practical it was. I think that even though I know we'll talk about the system, but even though it's based on your exact time, date, and place of birth, the information it gives us is so grounded and so actionable in terms of how we make decisions and how we collaborate and how we partner. And I just could like sense that this was so useful for people, both like on an individual level, but also in partnership with teams all the things and parenting. Um, and so I was just really blown away. I'd never discovered a system like it. And so I've spent the now past six years sharing it. I think the first couple of years were a little bit more rocky because people were like, what is human design? This is so weird. What are you talking about? And it really wasn't until 2018 that it felt like the world was ready for it. And it's been like a really amazing journey ever since, but definitely not a path that I think I could have ever imagined. Mm, yeah, that to me, that sounds like so it sounds very like confrontational and I'm, I'm prepared for my confrontational moment. <laughs> and so I love that you just jumped in. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't as easy as it sounds just being like, okay, time for a career yeah. change. Let's go build, build a business with this <laughs> person. Yeah. yeah, But that's really cool that you ended up feeling so inspired and like moved by it. Yeah. I honestly hadn't heard of human design until I think 2018 when my friend introduced me to it. Um, so how long have you been doing it? Um, that was 2015. So I'm on my sixth year, I believe. So I built a business with my first teacher for two or three years. And then I left that. And then I started my own practice early 2018. And now my fiance husband is my business partner. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into, you can just tell me what is human design and just go into uh, everything that we should know before we hear about the rest of the details. Yes, of course. So human design is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it gives you your energetic blueprint. And what I mean by that is how you're wired to make decisions, collaborate, work within teams, build businesses, all the things. It basically gives us like our own roadmap. You know, I think we can so often get tripped up when we're trying to mimic how someone else has done things and assuming it will work for us. And I think human design reminds us that we are all so different. And the more we align with that, the more flow we'll find. Cool. And can you explain, I know there's different types. So do you want to get into like, do you want to just get yeah. straight into the different types or would you rather like, I want, I obviously do not know anything about this. So would it be more beneficial for you to tell me my chart first and go through that? Or would it be more beneficial for you to explain the five, five, right? Five types. I think, why don't we go through the five types and I'll tell you what yours is. So kind of in the moment we can get your okay, reaction okay, to it. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, and then we can kind of go deeper into your chart for sure. I think that like one thing I just want to say at the top is that like human design is a tool, you know? So I think that I always remind my clients, like take what feels supportive, useful, resonant, throw the rest away. Like this is very much meant to be a thing that empowers you and doesn't limit you, you know? And so I work with a lot of skeptics and my, my role is never to convince them of a thing, but to offer them a language and a framework and so often they're just like, this is amazing. This is so accurate. Tell me everything, you know, but I just want people to know that it's, it's not meant to be a thing that kind of limits you. Oh, so, I appreciate that. Yeah. So let us start with the type. So the type in human design is how we best use our energy. Um, and there's so many layers underneath it, but our type also lets us know how to kind of create the most aligned opportunities for ourselves. So I'm going to start with you and then we'll kind of go into the other types. So you are a generator. Do you remember your friend telling you that a generator? In human I design? do. Yeah. 
I do. You remember that piece? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So basically what it means, and, and just so y'all know, like we're going to get Kate's real reaction here because we haven't <laughs> talked about this before. So be real, you know, and show you. And, and I think that like, and your audience knows you, but I think that like, it's nice to kind of do it for the first time here, just so we really mm-hmm. hear how it's landing. So <laughs> as a generator, it basically means that you naturally, according to your design, have so much creativity, energy, and life force, and are really here to kind of build and create and bring things to life. The more lit mm-hmm. up and satisfied and excited you are by what you're doing, the more energy you'll have, and the more you will magnetize to you. The more you're doing things just because you think you should, because somebody asked, your battery will drain so much, you know? And so one of your biggest lessons is learning how to prioritize your own excitement and seeing that not as selfish, but as a thing that really allows you to have like the most positive, uplifting impact in the world. An ideal day for you might look like one where you wake up energized. You kind of use up your energy throughout the days in ways that feel very satisfying, whether it's who you're spending time with or what you're doing. And you drop into bed like fulfilled and exhausted and wake up energized again. And one of the biggest lessons for generators is around boundaries. Because you kind of have such natural energy and my force and vitality, people can really want to take advantage of it. And that in a malicious way, they might just sense you have the capacity to make things happen. And so really just, you know, trusting your gut and not saying yes to everything and like honoring what you really feel pulled by and expanded by. And the last piece that I would share, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts, is that your strategy in human design is about magnetism. You actually aren't meant to like sit at home and come up with an idea out of thin air. You are here to kind of like let things show up in your world that excite you. And once you kind of feel that expansion in your, in your gut, you go make something happen. So you're going to kind of wait for a gut response to guide you and not to kind of just like initiate chase after force. Okay. Tell us what you're feeling. How does that land? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because, so I have struggled with an eating disorder and like, I talk about this all the time, but I definitely resonate with this, with what, with being a generator or whatever. But like, I always talk about when I had my eating disorder, like I felt like I couldn't do anything because it was just taking over my life. So it's cool Mm. because a lot of what you're saying, I'm like, I feel like my recovery is very much aligned with like freeing up my energy and like allowing me to use it in in so many ways. And of course I used it to start a podcast, start my business. And not only that, but I love what you said about the magnetism thing too, because Mm. I have always been surprised in a very good way, in a good way of the amount of opportunities that kind of come to me, like almost everything in my life. Of course, I've sought out my own uh, pursuits, but many things have started off as like a little bit of a Kindle and I've slowly kind of built it into a fire. And that's what I've pretty much done with modeling. Um, I was an assistant to this amazing businesswoman in, in Venice, who's a doula now. And I helped her start her business because I just showed up at her door one day, um, you know, because we had been connected through friends and I wanted to talk to her about, I had questions about being a doula because that's something I used to want to do, but then I ended up working for her. So like same with being scouted as a model and same with my Instagram. Like I just wanted to share my recovery story just to share it. But then I kind of was like, whoa, this is kind of a bigger opportunity than I thought. Um, and it's really interesting Mm. too, because I just started my business. So I love that. That's really cool. Like I'm super into that. I'm so curious yeah, feel- about, yeah. What were you going to say? 
I was just going to say, there's another piece of our design that speaks to how we best make decisions. And this is kind of beyond type. And so for you, it's all about your gut feeling. It's kind of like your gut feeling in the moment. So I also love hearing about those moments because it feels like you are so instinctually drawn to something in a way that you couldn't explain, you know? And then mm-hmm. like later you're like, oh, I see why I had to show up on our doorstep, you know, or I see why this thing happened. So it feels like it's something that you're actually already living in so many ways, you know, and this in some ways might just be a validation of that. Yeah, it does feel validating. Same with moving to LA. Like I, I just was like, I'm just going to try it. And then I ended up staying and like starting my life here. So it's just pretty cool. That's awesome. I feel like I've heard a lot of people are generators, but I'm wondering, you know, like how spread out is it? I feel like I've only ever heard people who are manifestors or generators. Mm. So in terms of the percentage of the population, about 70% of the population collectively are generators and manifesting generators. Mm. And that's the majority because they're kind of like the builders, the creators, the doers, like really. So like kind of are the like lifeblood, like kind of the life force. Um, and then projectors are 20%, manifestors, 9%, reflectors, 1%. You 1%? Know? Yeah. 1%. Um, which is rare. And when you think about the number of people in the world, there are also a lot of reflectors, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I think that like, it's really just, it's the first piece. Like I never Mm -hmm. want a generator or a manifesting generator to think that they're not unique in any way. It's just kind of the first distinction. And then there's so much underneath it. Um, do you want to hear a bit about the other types? Yeah, I do. So manifesting generators are very similar to what I shared for you. I think what I would say the difference is with them is, and some people group them together, is that they're often quite multi-passionate by nature, where they might like having their energy in a lot of different things at once, pivot kind of quickly in between things, um, not really meant to like stick with the same thing forever. Sometimes they're made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much, but they often need lots of stimulation and excitement to kind of stay satisfied. And their gift is moving quickly, but not necessarily in handling every single step along the way. So I would mm-hmm. say for them, kind of making sure they feel supported by other people in the step-by-step process. Um, but I would just check in as a manifesting generator, like, is there anything you're holding on to that you no longer have the energy for? And like, what if you give yourself permission to kind of pivot and move on and trust that trying on and letting go of things is part of your process. Mm-hmm. And their strategy similar to you is about magnetism and letting things come to them. Then we've got projectors. They're really here to be advisors, leaders, guides, teachers, not here to do all the doing. So as projectors, our energy can really ebb and flow. And so it's really important to build spaciousness into our days um, and knowing that our gift is not in how much we can do and how hard we can work, you know? So really um, learning how to kind of take rest and space when you need it and trusting that your gift is so much in your perspective and how you see. Projectors are such natural guides for other people, whether it is as a coach, a therapist, a manager, a CEO. And the strategy for projectors is waiting to be recognized and invited in. So investing your energy in people that see you, treasure you, value you, and are like inviting you in to share your magic. And the last piece that I would share is that also part of your role as a projector is letting yourself be seen, making yourself visible, whether it's on Instagram or podcasts or newsletters or with your friends and kind of like letting them see you so that you can magnetize the right invitations. Then we've got manifestors. Manifestors are the initiators, the ones that really are here to get things started, get the ball rolling, kind of a very innovative nature here. Um, They often really value freedom and autonomy and control. They're not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. And their energy will often operate in creative bursts where they can make a lot happen very quickly and then need to rest, you know, whether that's over a couple of days or a week or a couple of hours. Um, They can kind of see the future and see where things are going and feel like everyone else is a little bit behind the time. 
friends. And so their strategy is about initiating and trusting themselves enough to be the first and also just making sure they keep the people around them in the loop. So they're not actually designed to wait for anything to come to them. Like when an urge arises within them to kind of go make that thing happen. And the final type is a reflector. These people are our collective mirrors, people that are deeply sensitive to their physical space and always taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around. And so you really get a good sense of how a community is doing or a team or company just based on how that reflector is showing up. So it's so important for them to be such ruthless curators of who and where they're spending time because they will take that energy in. And the last piece that I would share is that reflectors are so naturally fluid. They will have periods where they feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a manifester, like a projector. And their job is never to figure out the one thing they are or show up in just one way, but honor whatever feels like them that day. Mm-hmm. So really kind of embracing that fluidity, fluidity and knowing that they have such a gift in their perspective. And so kind of being in spaces where their perspective feels really treasured as well. So that's super high level, but just a little bit of a taste of the different types. Yeah, no, I appreciate that so much. I'm wondering, like, let's say someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, I don't know what I am. Like, I don't know where to start. You know, it's kind of like a lot of information. So what would you say to somebody who's just interested in like learning more about themselves? And I don't know, maybe they should like know their type even before listening to this podcast, but I don't know what, what, what yeah. would be the best way to navigate that. I would recommend looking at your type. So we can put it in the show notes, but the link is aaronclairjones.com slash look up. And it's going to be a crazy looking chart, like your experience with human design. You're like, whoa, what is that? And so like, I think that even though it can feel very overwhelming, just know that the simplest pieces of your design are the most impactful. So I would start with just your type, you know, and start to kind of play around and explore that. Um, And then there's a piece called inner authority, which is how we make decisions. So if you're going to start with anything, I would say type, strategy, authority, how you best use your energy, how you create the most aligned opportunities for yourself and how you're designed to kind of make aligned decisions. Mm, okay. And, and know that like, this is very much a system that you're here to experiment with. You know, it's not like, how can I learn every single detail, but rather like, how can I actually integrate these things into my life and see what happens? You know? So definitely mm-hmm. just start with the simplest pieces for sure. Yeah. So like my audience, all, many, many of them are in like recovery from diet culture, from hating themselves, from perfectionism, from eating disorders. Like, so if they're looking at their chart, on the link that you're going to share with me or that I'll leave in the show notes, like, where do you think they should start? I know that's very general, but do you have any advice on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, and maybe like when I share your design, you can even tell me more. I still Mm -hmm. think it's going to be around your type and your authority. I mean, the one other piece that I would add is that there are areas in our design that can be the areas that we're the most sensitive to others and also the areas that we can get the most taken off track. And those can be really confronting because like, it's so easy to get lost in those areas when they actually aren't meant to guide you. And we can go through some of yours if you'd like to kind of give people yeah, a taste. Yeah, let's and so do that. I, yeah. So I, I would recommend exploring that because I think that often people can kind of get lost in those and understanding those. It's so powerful in helping you kind of move out of the shadow there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for an example, so for you, you have something called an open emotional center, and it basically means that you are very naturally empathic, you know, and very naturally sensitive to and attuned to other people's feelings. This is such an amazing gift of yours and probably makes you so wise with your clients. It can also be really overwhelming because you might kind of get lost in all these feelings that aren't yours and not have really strong boundaries and kind of just like make decisions based on other people's feelings. Um, And so much of the wisdom for you is kind of taking space and time alone, 
knowing when a feeling that you're feeling is not your own. And I would also say a big lesson for you is around speaking your truth. Like, because Mm -hmm. you're so sensitive, it might be easy at times to just like sidestep things or avoid confrontation because you don't want to just like feel it all. And so much of your work is around like saying the hard things and knowing that you'll almost always feel better on the other side of confrontation. I love. Do you feel that within yourself? Yeah, I do. Because that is basically my story in its own way. Like I wasn't speaking my truth and I wasn't stepping into myself for so long. And that's the way that I kind of show up for my clients is like, you got to open up your throat chakra. You got to speak your truth. Like this is the work that we need to do because not speaking your truth is such an energy drainer. That was an energy drainer for me. So living in my life with this idea that I wanted to be, I thought I should be somebody else. And then when I got scouted as a model, I thought, okay, I have to look like a model. Now I have to be like a model. Now I have to travel like a model now. And when I started dating my, I mean, he's my husband now, but when I started dating him, I thought I have to really morph into what, you know, he wants and same with my parents, I have to morph into what they want for me. And it's not like, I don't know. I've always been that way. Same with when I'm with certain friends, not anymore, but I used to be very much like, okay, whatever they want to do, I want to do too. And so Mm. that's really definitely powerful. Like I really resonate with that. And Mm -hmm. that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, I think in recoveries, because once I started to speak my truth and actually say like, I know I'm going to like put my feelings before somebody else's today. And I'm going to really honor what I want. That's when I was like totally transformed to the point where I had to share online. Like I was like, I'm speaking my truth and I want everyone else to speak their truth because it's so powerful. So that definitely Mm -hmm. resonates. Yeah. And you can start to see how those lessons that can be hard for us to learn are also the areas that we're meant to teach other people, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think, and support other people and like another interesting aspect of your design. So again, like, I think to your question, it's all of it. It's like hard to even, everyone's design is so different that like you kind of like, you don't know exactly what's going to be most resonant or supportive for them. But I think that another piece for you is you've actually got, and this is an area where your energy is more consistent. Like you've actually got a very strong sense of identity in your design and you're meant to have a very strong sense of conviction. Like this is where I'm going. I don't care if anyone else is going in the same direction. I trust myself. I'm going there. And so the shadow for you, which to me, it sounds like you perhaps have been in as many of us have at many points in our life is like being really impressionable. It's like really kind of taking on everyone else's ideas of who they think you should be, whether that is what your husband thinks or whether that's what you're perceiving the modeling world needs. And so much of the wisdom for you is being really self-assured. It's like, I'm going to go in the direction that feels right to me, whether or not I see anyone else going in the same direction as me, because like you actually have this really cool energy of your design where you can actually like unlock directions and other people, like helping them kind of connect to like their sense of purpose and their direction, but it requires that you so courageously follow your own, you know? And so it feels like that's also a bit of a journey you've gone on from kind of moving from that impressionable piece to kind of a more self-assured nature. Do you feel that? Yes, totally. And it's like, totally. Especially, I mean, I started coaching two weeks ago, so I definitely feel that very real right now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so cool cool because I think that the magic of human design is not about telling us anything we don't know. It's just really about kind of giving us a language for things we've always felt, which I think why is why I fell in love with it because it's like, yep, you're just like telling me everything I know. And now I have a language to like really understand the journey I've been on and the journey I'm going on. Um, I would say another big one that kind of comes up when I look at your design is you've got kind of a vacillating sense of self-esteem in your design. And this is true for many of us. And it means that one day you might be like, 
I'm the best. You know what I mean? I'm amazing. I'm so proud of myself. And the next year, like, but am I really? And like one of the biggest potential shadows in your design is kind of getting lost and it's need to prove yourself. Mm. It's like, I've got to prove that like, I'm a great partner, that I'm a great model, that I'm a great coach. Like I've got to just like prove my worth and prove my value. And I never quite believe that I'm enough. You know, mm. and so much of the wisdom of your design, so much of the lesson of your design is know that you have nothing to prove. And the minute you are doing something because you're trying to prove yourself, the minute it's the wrong thing for you. And so your decisions are very much meant to be driven by your gut feeling and like what do you feel inspired by, lit up by, excited by, and not that need to prove. Mm. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. You feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's wild how much we can shift our perceptions of of who we are and what we do day to day hour to hour it can it can be really really confusing so yeah that's super validating so thank you yeah <laughs> do you think like any of like do you think that there are times in your life where that need to prove is really the guide for you and like what do you feel like happened for you in those times yeah yeah i mean i think that what happened for me is i'm just thinking of all the things i mentioned like a lot of times what I'll do is, and I'm trying really, like I'm not seeing clients on Wednesdays, I'm setting boundaries for my coaching practice. Um, so I'm trying to prevent this from happening. But in the past, I have taken that to a T to the point where I get burnt out. So like when I was working with this, like I had just mentioned, I used to work for somebody. Yeah, she ended up getting, yeah, she ended up getting pregnant and she ended up being needing me a lot more. And at the time I was transitioning into being a full-time model and it was very hard and I got burnt out. Same with modeling. I did it to the point where I said yes to everything. And I was doing e-com work all day, every day. And I got burnt out. Same with a lot of relationships in my life. And, you know, I, I do it until I get burnt out. Same with my eating disorder. Like I did it until I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I've been doing this for 10 years. So I think that's how that resonates with me. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's good to know just moving forward that I am being prepared by setting more boundaries in my life and like taking care of myself more and really yeah. listening to what I really need and being self-assured and like confident in who I am. It's interesting when you have so many people who are confident in you, but you're not that confident in yourself. It's like the craziest feeling. I'm a pretty confident person in general and I, I feel self-assured and I feel like the imposter syndrome has not been around for me too much lately, but it's definitely still there sometimes for sure. Yeah. And like, and for that, the ego piece that I was just mentioning, like it's really natural. And I have this in my design too, for our self-esteem to vacillate, regardless of how much external success we're having. It's like, we're the best. Are we really? And like, I think <laughs> because I know that my self-esteem can vacillate in that way. Like it's allowed me to just have a bit more perspective in those moments to be like, mm -hmm. this is so normal. I'm going to just like pull back and not kind of get lost in a need to prove. Um, but I think that's a great example because like, even in the case of when she became pregnant and you were supporting her more, it's just like a good question to ask yourself, like, am I saying yes to more work because I'm genuinely lit up and excited and I feel really available for it? Or am I trying to prove something by saying yes, you know? Mm -hmm. And it just like often can become so clarifying in those moments, what's actually driving you. Um, I want to share about, can I share about another aspect of your design? Of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to share about a piece only because it feels so relevant to what you do is that there's an aspect of our design that is called our profile and it looks like a weird fraction number. And it basically speaks to how we're designed to best manifest our purpose. And so for you, 
so much of your design, like so much of your learning is very experiential. Like you are really here to learn things by like bumping into things and making mistakes and failing and doing it wrong and like <laughs> learning what didn't work and doing it better next time. And I know that can sound annoying, but it just means that like you learn things by getting your hands dirty. Somebody might be like, this thing's cool. You're like, not really going to trust that or know that until I try it myself. And it means that you're here to kind of discover all the things that don't work on your way to discovering what does actually work. And so, so much of the lesson of your design is around reframing mistakes and not seeing them as like a thing that you did wrong, but basically as an opportunity to kind of learn from and grow. And why I wanted to share it with you today is that like the people that have this profile, like so much of the value that they can share with the world is sharing their own journey. Like, it's not just sharing the things you've studied and investigated, which is also part of your design, but it's also sharing the things that like you've tried, you failed at, haven't worked for you, you've learned from, and you're like, you'll do it better next time. So like, it just feels like you're doing that already. But I think I just want to remind you that like your personal journey can be so transformative for other people. And so never underestimating that, you know, and like sharing what you've learned along the way is so powerful, especially in marketing, like just like sharing your personal stories. So there's just so much value in that. And that's in some ways, part of like where the mistakes and failures can come is they're just like giving you lessons to then share. Yeah, I totally, I feel that because it's like, you know, when you, first of all, I think for me, it can feel like my own experience isn't that special because I'm like, it's my experience. I'm not that special. So when, when people tell me your story was so moving, like I just relate to you, the way you speak about this is so moving. It's like, I think to me, it's not as impactful because I'm like, well, it's, it's my story. So it's like, I already know that information. So it's, it's always surprising when somebody says that to me even though people say it to me all the time, I'm like, Oh, okay, that's good. You know, I'll keep sharing. Um, so I, I, I love that. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's super nice. And yeah, you're right. You know, when I'm recording podcasts, when I'm making an Instagram reel, when I'm making an Instagram caption, when I'm coaching a client, of course, there is a part of me that's like, what can you do to optimize this, to make this the best that there is? Like you have to put your best foot forward. You have to do your best. And then I'm like, I'm just going to be real and be me. And that's actually what really works. <laughs> so every time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it comes from that, like not needing to prove, like I'm not here to like prove how smart and confident and amazing I am. Like I'm here to like speak my truth and say the hard things and know that like that will magnetize the right people and like share my journey. And I would mm -hmm. say specifically for marketing for you and your business, like sharing your own journey is probably one of the most like potent ways to kind of attract the right people in the door. Yeah. Thank you. I'm actually super curious um, about yeah. your, your design, if you don't uh, mind sharing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I am a projector. Um, and so it basically means that I'm just not here to do all the doing. And so like, I came from a startup background and was like trying so hard to just like do, 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 do. And it just like, didn't feel very good. And I think that like, I was always way more interested in just like the people and like how people could work better together and like individually. And so, and human design just validated that where it's like projectors are so smart about people, but like not here to do all the doing. Um, and so human design just gave me kind of like a medium through which I could really kind of hone that skill and share it with people. And I think a big lesson for me is that as projectors, we're not here to do all the doing. And I think on the, at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I was like, I've got to do it all. Like I've got to be a great marketer. I've got to be great at operations. I'm like, I'm just not good at those things, you know? And so like my partner is now my business partner, but like it's been a really important lesson to allow myself to feel supported and know that my job is to be good at human design and to feel supported on the rest. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been really powerful. I think also like 
you know, I'm really here to like invest my energy in people that really see me, which can be hard because sometimes I'm like, I want you to see me. Why aren't you seeing me? But I think it's been such a lesson in terms of knowing who to partner with, who to work with, who to invest in community wise, you know, and just trust that like, I'm not for everyone here for everyone. And like the right people will be the ones that really like invite me and recognize me. Um, you know, there's also a piece of my design around taking my time with decisions. So you're actually meant to be quite, you can be pretty quick in your decision-making as soon as you have that gut feeling can go for it. I don't know whether you trust that or listen to it, Mm -hmm. but I meant to like sleep on it and feel into it. And like, I had just been trying so hard to be impulsive my entire life, you know, like in a very um, unsuccessful way. And so really kind of having the language to take my time with decisions and feel into things has been so transformative. And the last, and there's so much, but the last piece that I would share is that human design is not only useful individually, but in partnership, you know, Mm -hmm. I think understanding my partner's design and like understanding my clients and my family and all that stuff. And when I have kids, like it's so transformative to really understand how differently the people around you operate. Yeah. I'm curious about, well, I'm curious about Rio's, but I'm also curious about um, your say on relationships and, and romantic relationships and like friendships. Like, is there any I don't know. Are, is there anything to say about that? I mean, I know there is, but I don't know. I guess I'm thinking there's like, yeah. When I think about very classic, like quote personality tests, it feels very like there's a lot of red flags and it's kind of a scary, like, I don't know, or like same with star signs sometimes. So yeah. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if my approach here is traditional. I just think that like I think that it is not useful to be like, Hey, I'm a projector and I can only date generators. You know, I've had Mm -hmm. people be like, can we build a dating app? I'm like, you'll just like only be paired with these people. And I'm just like, that's really not the point of human design. The point is not to like limit who you're available for. I think that like, once you're attracted to somebody, once you kind of know within yourself that they're correct for you, that is the perfect time to kind of dive in and then explore how to best support each other. So like I've seen any combination of types work romantically in business, but I think it requires the awareness to like appreciate that they're really different, you know? Um, and, and sometimes it's really nice to be around people that have similar types because there's such a natural resonance and understanding, but we're also really attracted to difference. Like my partner is opposite my design in probably every single way. And it's been really wonderful because I think that we just don't expect similarity, you know, and, and we're such great business partners and humans together because we like really kind of fill in all these gaps in each other. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think it is such a tremendously useful tool in partnership, not to tell you who you can date, but to tell you how best to support somebody once you're in that relationship. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense that, that really would, that, that makes me feel good because when I was, when Rio and I, my husband were engaged, we took tons of premarital testing counseling. Like part of our counseling was taking a few tests and, there's a, there's a few things that felt like, uh, is this bad? Like, I, I don't I know. know. And it's kind of scary when you're like planning your wedding. You're like, I guess I'll just keep going along with it. Um, I mean, obviously we're great and it's, it's not like I'm still sleeping on those things, but yeah, I was a little bit freaky. So I, yeah. that's why I was skeptical. You know, I, I'll admit I was skeptical about human design. Like when my friend, I told yeah. you that I told you, and I appreciate you for being like, it's okay. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like when my friend told me about it, I was like, I, it was, it was actually right when the, what was the, what's the other Enneagram? It was right when the Enneagram was, was popular, I think around that time. And I remember being like, I just, I don't know. I don't like that. It you. doesn't, not for me. Yeah. I mean, if, if it empowers people, I'm, I'm all about it. It's not like I, 
I just don't really invest myself into it. So yeah, actually, this is a good question. I would love to ask you, is there a time that you can think of that examining your human design chart would actually not be such a good idea? Mm, Like a time in your life? Yeah. Just like a situation or a time in your life when you think it could be. And if you, if you say no, that's fine. I'm just wondering. Yeah. I think that like my immediate inclination is like, no, but here's the thing is like, I haven't really had many experiences and I worked with like, I don't know, 15,000 people, like a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really had many experiences where people are like, this really doesn't make sense. Like 99.9% of the time people are like, this just gives me a language and I, I get it. Um, I think if you're at a time in your life where you really don't want anything to change and you're like, I have my ways, and I'm going to stick with them. Then like human design might not be the best tool for you, you know, because I think that human design often like lets us know what our roadmap is, but it is so often what we've, what we have not been taught, you know? And so it maybe is like, Oh, like it requires you to actually show up in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're feeling really like I'm sticking with this and it's working for me, then maybe it's not the right time to kind of connect to it. But I find that it either does two things It either like really validates the people that like they're on the perfect path for them. And they just really are so aligned in their design or what it was like for me when I first introduced it, introduced to it, it reveals how far away we are from our design, but kind of gives us the tools to come back into it. And so I think that it is so validating and also so confronting. So I think if people are not willing to be confronted in that way, it might not be very useful. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, and I honestly think the youngest, younger, the better, like I work with so many families now because I think so often we're living our designs so naturally when we're young and then we kind of get conditioned out of it and just like try to be something else. And then we kind of like return to it later in life. But I think like the earlier you can give kids permission to be who they are, the better, you know? So I think that like, I think it's useful at any time, mostly because it just like reminds us who, who we are and gives us like the tools to step into it. And it's hard for me to imagine a time in which that would not be useful. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking like toddlers and children, teens and stuff. I, I mean, gosh, when I was that age, I wasn't, I, I it would have been like really confronting to hear this information, but Hey, it could have been very useful. So. Totally. And, and with toddlers, it's not like I'm like not going to sit down with like a five-year-old. I think that like I'm going to talk to the parent and give them a thing yeah. to look out for. And I think what's best in those circumstances is not that they're like, you're this thing. It's more just like, I'm going to actually start to become aware of the fact that you might be really different than me. Mm-hmm. And so how can I just kind of consider ways to support you that are maybe not what I wanted, but maybe what you want. And mm-hmm. I think like whether or not you use human design as a tool, I think that's a really powerful awareness to have as a parent. For sure. And I also imagine just in general, not necessarily just parents, but people in general, like you can kind of use your human design chart and information at your own discretion. You know, if you kind of feel like overwhelmed in your life, I can, that's what, that's my approach with coaching is I'm like, we can't like two to three small goals a week max. We can't go and be overnight, just have this huge transformation and change and expect us to wake up in the morning and feel aligned. Like we have to slowly small steps add up to the big steps. So I imagine that's something that you teach, you know, people too, is like, take it at your own speed. hundred percent. And it goes back to your question of like, it can feel a bit overwhelming. There's a lot of information. And I think that like one of the, and I'll share at the end, but one of the offerings I offer is like basically a book to your design where I kind of like put together, like you're just like own operating manual. And like, the point is not to have people read it all and be like, I must integrate it all at once, but it's more like, 
I have a book here. So like in moments of resistance or challenge, like I will return to it and kind of see what shows up. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it is kind of like in those moments where it could be the most useful, but it's not about integrating it all at once. Cause that can just be overwhelming and then we'll do nothing, you know? And <laughs> we'll do nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like taking the small pieces that feel the most supportive, integrating, experimenting with those and kind of coming back for more when you're ready. Mm, I love, wow. Thank you for going through my chart with me. It was such a pleasure. It was useful. Yeah. I'm it's yeah. It's super validating. It's really cool. I'll definitely keep those things in mind, especially moving forward with well, my whole life, but moving forward with um, (laughs) my business and, and trying out this new thing, as you know, it can be really interesting to switch careers. I feel like I've talked to so many people on my podcast that have switched careers and it's really cool just to like hear from people who have, you know, made a big life change like that. So, well, thank you so much for sharing about your design too. And um, yeah, where can my audience connect with you if they want to learn more about this? Yeah. And one thing I sort of remind you of building your own business is just the conviction piece, like (laughs) doing it all in a way that lights you up and excites you, even if it's like the way that no one else is doing it you know? And so just yeah. always making sure everything feels right in your gut before you say yes. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I am Erin Claire Jones everywhere. I share a lot on Instagram at Erin Claire Jones. My website is erinclairejones.com. Um, and I offer, I actually usually offer discount codes. Do you want to do a discount code for sure. your audience? Mm-hmm. So I, is there a word that you like to use? Um, typically anytime I have a discount code, it's just my name, but I don't know. What do you think? I love that. Let's do Kate. Okay, Kate. Okay, great. The discount code is Kate. Um, <laughs> and it will be for the blueprint and for a workshop called Flow. And so the blueprint is basically, as I mentioned, a 55 plus page written guide to your unique design that really kind of walks you through all the most important pieces in a super practical, empowering way. And then I have a workshop called Flow about using your design to find more flow in your life. And then I also offer private partnership, family, and team sessions. Wow. Really cool. Yeah. Super cool. I love it. So nice to connect with you. It was so nice to connect with you too. Thank you so much. 